on this episode of China Unscripted. Chinese apps have poisoned your cell phone even after you delete them. You can still be tracked forever. Welcome to China Unscripted. I'm Chris Chappell. And I'm Matt Ganesta. And Shelly Jiang will not be joining us today. She's busy recording backing vocals and harmonies for our heavy metal album. We'll miss her. But joining us today is Dr. Jaswinder Sekhan. He is an industry expert in the field of cybersecurity and software engineering. He's also an assistant professor at GTV National College, Dhaka in India. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Chris. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Good, good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so let's let's start this off. I think what's what's very interesting is uh, how the unique things the Indian government has done to sort of stand up to the Chinese Communist Party, things that uh, you know many other countries should be doing but haven't. Uh, for example, the Indian government banned TikTok and 58 other Chinese apps back in June 2020. Uh, and that that didn't, that happened around the time of of, of the, the border clash. How did how did that really sort of change how people were talking about China in India? Uh, well, actually, it all started out, uh, you know, when India and China, Chinese troops clashed on the border in June 2020. So uh, it, that particular incident actually, you know. Uh, just emerged as an anti-China sentiment across the nation, and uh, people became too furious with that uh, with that particular thing because twenty Indian soldiers died in that particular incident. So, when that happened, many uh, there was uh, a complete outrage in the country. Many people went to the streets, burned Chinese products, and during that particular tenure. Uh, Many Indian people also became much aware of how these Chinese applications and how these Chinese products were actually, you know, were putting a harm in their, uh, were putting a harm to their country. So that particular incident actually, you know, uh, was, I would say, uh, forced, uh, I would not say forced, but that particular incident actually uh, compelled the Indian government to take some major steps like banning those particular apps. And... Uh, that was the turning point, I would say. And then, till date, they are continuing to banning the apps that are uh, actually, you know, uh, that uh, that are stealing the data from uh, many of the uh, customers. You know, with TikTok, it, it amazes me. Like, it's, it's come out now through leaked audio that, uh, you know, TikTok, being part of a Chinese company, Douyin, uh, Beijing has access to all of uh, uh, the the user data of TikTok users around the world. And this was something like everyone knew was going to be happening. And yet, uh, even though the Trump administration tried to ban TikTok, that was something the Biden administration stopped. Right. And I'm just wondering, like, is it going to take it, American soldiers being killed by Chinese troops for uh, the, the West to wake up? Possibly, you know, uh, a lot of... Uh... Uh, political interferences uh, also are to be held accountable, right? When the Trump took the right step of banning TikTok and probably uh, Biden came into scene uh, and uh, he was trying to revamp each and everything that had happened earlier. But now I think uh, it's a great wake-up call for everyone that, you know, this particular app, TikTok, especially it's, a, I would say it's a very parasitic app because 
it's just you know driving our young generation into clowns because each and every particular person is you know showing up with 10 and 12 seconds videos and putting up online and especially having said that we must also realize that china uh especially investing a lot in artificial intelligence and these apps are backed by artificial intelligence so these artificial intelligence algorithms are forcing people are forcing their mindsets to see more and more videos you know which they like and the sharing keeps on going on and more and more people keep downloading those particular things and uh, we all know that tiktok has been uh, you know a great tiktok has been a, i would say it's a disaster uh, to the young generation so are you suggesting that china is sort of using its you know its decades of behavioral research and its ai development to actually change the psychology of users of tiktok yes uh, changing the psychology and uh, also we must realize one thing that uh, you know just a scenario that when you know tiktok was launched uh, it was uh, in uh, you know it broke all the records of all other apps it was the most downloaded uh, downloadable app and in india alone uh, it was like the second largest it had the second largest customer database after china so yes it is actually uh, putting a uh, i would say full stop on our mental well being of the younger generation well th- this is interesting because i know the uh, the indian cyber crime coordination center is talking about banning uh 267 other chinese apps including really big ones like wechat uh right. now that that was something that was also discussed under the trump administration banning like wechat as well as TikTok and there was a huge pushback against that that like you know this was cutting off people from like relatives and family in China or censorship or there was censorship how is the indian public receiving this because it seemed like they were all on board for the TikTok ban a lot of pushback in america how are these other app bans being received well uh, i would say a section of people in india also you know uh, were uh, not going well with the ban on these apps because many of them had their livelihood also from these apps like tiktok they were earning money from tiktok uh but slowly and slowly as uh, uh, you know the tensions grew between the two countries and uh, many people understood and many actually were not in the favor but as we should all know that uh, you know apps like wechat are also stealing our data and we also name a few few like uh, you know baidu maps is also there so if we compare these apps compared to the other applications i know that other applications also you know tend to have data from the customers but if you compare chinese apps and the other applications it is like comparing um, you know a small cup of water with the ocean because they are actually having a hell lot of data and they are receiving each and every detail of a particular person like uh, just for an example i would say that uh, many particular apps uh, these chinese apps are also uh, you know asking permissions for uh, location services now i know many other applications also ask for uh, your location services but the thing is they pinpoint the location services to the finest detail 
normally it's like a square kilometer or something but if we talk about these particular chinese apps they are continuously monitoring your location to the finest point so that is not required in uh, you know uh, applications like uh, wechat or uh, other things like tiktok so if you use tiktok basically someone in the chinese government could potentially know exactly where you are yes but what about when you're not using the app you just have it on your phone the thing is whenever you are not using the app or even when you are not using that particular application uh, i would uh, you know uh, like to uh, bring it to your notice that there is a thing called imsi number that is international mobile international mobile subscriber identity so when they have that imsi number what happens is even if you change your phone your sim card is actually you know uh, connected to that imsi number so they can actually uh, they have a surveillance around you 24/7 no matter what no matter if you do not have that application either so what do you think the chinese communist party is doing with that data because that seems like a especially in india that's an incredible amount of data on people it seems like impossible to even like process that what what's how are they using it the thing is that uh, you know uh, norm they're not going to do anything with the location services of a normal person but if that particular application lands up in uh, some government officials phone or you know in any particular uh, uh, i would say uh, any uh, civil servants uh, uh, mobile so that can do a lot harm uh, that can actually you know uh, steal a lot of confidential information that is there that is why the indian government also you know specifically said that no particular uh people in the indian army or any other defense services should have these particular applications so but uh let's say you know you're an indian customer you had tiktok but then you deleted it the chinese government still has your um was it isi number or i i am si yes i am si number yes right so yes, if they so, do have it they can track you so they can still track you even after you've deleted the app Yes, exactly. Like Because once you've installed the app, your phone is basically poisoned forever. Yes, your phone is basically poisoned forever. The only thing is if you change your SIM number, if you change your SIM card, and that is the only probability you'll get rid of it. That's incredible. And so this would also include things like uh the uh Weibo, WeChat, uh PUBG Mobile. PUBG Mobile, yes, exactly. That's incredible. I mean, so many people have downloaded these apps. Yeah. I'm, and their I'm, phones are poisoned forever. Yeah, and especially, you know, uh in recent times we've also discovered that uh, many uh terrorist organizations are using games as uh the way to communicate with each other. How do you mean? Uh, like uh the gaming networks like, you know, PlayStation and Xbox and uh, all the other games. So people tend to play you know in groups one person is sitting in india the other person is sitting in states or canada so they can chat with each other right so they can mm. uh, talk with each other while playing the games so now the new way of communication uh, for the terrorists are through games they find it more secure that's incredible i knew there was something weird about that minecraft chat i was on <laughs> <laughs> 
So, like, I'm curious, like, you know, the the border clash where the, the, the Indian soldiers died, that was in 2020. Has uh, sort of the anger over that cooled in the Indian public? Uh, are people aware of what the risk of these apps are? Well, I would say many people are aware, but at the same time, you know, uh, India is a country where uh, a majority section of people are not educated. But now, since the economy is developing so much, uh, even a person who is uneducated will have a smartphone, but he will never know about what what will be the shortcomings of the particular apps he is downloading, whether that particular app is Chinese in nature or not. So it's, uh, you know, this whole scenario is pretty jumbled up. And, uh, and to educate each and every particular person regarding it is a major task. Yeah, because I, I, I don't feel like, at least in the United States, everyone really understands the risk of these apps or what the Chinese Communist Party is doing. So... I think the biggest obstacle is always like getting the public to understand the risk so it will be accepting of like, you know, a government ban on, you know, these mega apps that they're using. Absolutely right. You know, the thing is that uh, when India banned these particular apps, we could see uh, many people actually uh, posting jokes on social media about uh, that uh, the Chinese actually, you know, uh, assaulted Indian soldiers and all that Indian government is doing is actually banning the apps and nothing else but the real point of understanding over here is that uh, uh, china almost lost like 200 to 300 million customer base in india and uh, it actually hit them in a you know uh, in a good economical uh, in a economical manner so not each and every person cannot understand this particular sect because majority of them are not well educated with you know, uh, I must say cybersecurity basics or stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I just it it's it's interesting how big of an impact the banning of apps has. Obviously, the Chinese government was not happy about it and probably you know accused India of all sorts of things. Let's talk a bit about uh, hacking as well because. These uh, these apps obviously have a kind of backdoor which allows, say, that the the app company to you know uh, tick, TikTok or Douyin can see the user's location or Baidu Maps can see your location. But uh, what about like outside hackers too? Can they also use those same backdoors to access uh, detailed user data? Well, the thing is, uh, these apps like TikTok if we say about TikTok, WeChat, or Baidu, these, all these apps have uh, a common thing that are, you know, that these are made by Chinese professionals, Chinese developers. So a recent, uh, uh, there was a recent uh, study in which it indicated that what has happened is that the data, the amount of data that gets stolen, 70% to 75% of data in the last three or four years got stolen through these professional applications and only 20 to 30 percent data got stolen through we can say like you know trojan horses or viruses or uh, whatever the other techniques the hackers use to actually exploit the data 
so now what is happening is as we you know earlier pointed out in our uh, conversation that whenever we are downloading the app the app always asks you know would like to use your microphone would like to access your camera would like to access your contact list so it is basically asking you and you are yourself giving the permissions each and every time you are more interested in actually you know uh, playing with that particular app and, and not with those particular questions that are there so we ourselves are giving permission to that particular thing so the greater risk in this point is that uh, we should be wary of what particular applications are asking for which particular permissions are they asking for because those permissions are actually directly related uh, to your data uh, getting stolen to other countries or your data getting uh, you know uh, getting to other countries rather than uh, trojan horses or viruses or even backdoors i would say it's really interesting it's it sounds just like a deal with the devil like you actually have to sign away sign, uh, yes, you have to exactly. give permission to it yeah but also it's it's like if if you if you download an app you're giving away some kind of permissions usually but if it's a chinese app the amount of data they collect is so granular that it just in general puts you at greater risk of having more of your information stolen by any kind of random hackers whether they're russian hackers iranian hackers or you know canadian hackers right. yeah cuz once that data is out there right you know the you know the majority of the problem is that whenever uh, our data is going to a particular location it does not stop there there is someone who is also you know selling that data off to third party companies and you suddenly see that you are receiving spam emails and you suddenly see you know a lot of other content that you have no idea where it came from but the thing is your data keeps on getting sold to other third party vendors or third party companies and they use their use that data yeah sounds like a pitch for our sponsor incogni which helps remove <laughs> that data uh, but that's now that's not the point to to do a, a pitch here but uh, it's so okay let, let, let's say you you've downloaded wechat or, or baidu maps tiktok and you've deleted these but like they can still track your data they can still track you know with your imsi number can they also like for example like can you can the chinese government see a former tiktok users location in real time and can they track back the history of that location so for example like on a government official who gets elected they can go back and see like the last 3 years of where they were uh if they have the information about imsi number they can have your complete timeline which phone you were using which applications you were using in that particular phone which smss were going through and you know coming in so they can have the all the timeline from the day that imsi number was actually traced that is the thing yeah i i think what's what's interesting to think about here is like okay as we know not every government official is completely clean right some of them have you know secret meetings or you know had affairs or whatever the thing is right and theoretically this information could then be collected and used as blackmail so now you have like a lot of elected officials that could potentially because at one point for like 2 months they had tiktok and now they can be blackmailed because someone well, can trace everything well if they also have access then, to microphone data they could hear everything including affairs yeah that's uh, that's a very interesting part because uh, 
you know in future we would actually see uh, these kind of applications playing a greater role in uh, uh, you know starting a government in some other country and collapsing a government in some other country uh, we have recently seen such a scenario i would not say directly but where when trump was elected the cambridge analytica stuff that happened you know all the data got uh, you know siphoned off from facebook and stuff like that so we would see the times where these applications would be a deciding factor in major superpowers across the world well even worse if uh, i know the us military has banned like tiktok for troops i'm pretty sure about that but if you know this is a way that uh, you know the chinese government could track troop movements for any military power around the world like that's that's incredibly important uh, war data that they're collecting. Right. Uh, you know, that is the sole reason that majority of uh, the armies in the world, uh, they, they do not allow uh, your smartphones uh, whenever you're on duty. They would always, you know, use a technology that is... Uh, before the smartphone games the keypad uh, the uh, mobile phones with keypads and stuff that do not have a camera so yes that is a major threat well so what about uh, somebody who's like i'm just an average guy i just want to play a little pug g on my phone what is the problem for me as just some random person well the thing is for a random person if you ask that okay if for a random person you say yeah, they have your mac address and they have your location probably a random person won't mind but until a situation has occurred you know we have had numerous incidences where actually normal people uh, have been subjected to uh, i would say questioning that how did this particular incident happen and he had no particular idea because his particular mobile phone was used for some misdoing because they had all the details about that particular uh, mobile phone like as i said if you have certain details from your mobile phone anything can happen a certain uh, message a certain message or a certain email can be flown through your particular mobile phone to somebody else so yes it is a grave concern the only thing is people don't react until and unless something happens to them yeah i just realized something like you know, look, look at the advancements in artificial intelligence technology in the last decade, right? Like a decade ago, YouTube couldn't screen for content because AI wasn't powerful enough to know what people were saying in the videos. But now YouTube can easily and very quickly do enough voice recognition to know like what content is okay, what content they want to remove. So imagine what AI is going to be like in 10 years, right? You're an average person but you've been involved in some kind of crime or wrongdoing, maybe a minor thing, maybe it was 10 years ago, but you now have AIs that are powerful enough to find these patterns of say, whether it's petty crime behavior or, or misconduct or whatever, and then like basically automatically sends you some kind of threat, right? That says like, oh, you know, we know about blank, blank, blank. And then just an average person would like be targeted, but it doesn't, it doesn't require the, like currently manpower in say the Chinese government or hackers or whatever, like would have to be like, okay, we want to put the manpower into specifically tracking this one official or this one target, but AI could target a billion people 
or scroll through the data of a billion people and, and threaten them just because now there's the power to do that quickly. Uh, yes, coming to that point, you know, uh, it is very interesting that China is actually adopting this particular technology to actually, uh, you know, scan each and every particular person, their history, and what do they do? And they have these, uh, you know, scorecards for each and every particular person. The artificial intelligence has a scorecard for, all right, this particular person is 90% accurate, 77%, 89%. So they are already doing this particular thing in their own country. So yes, you know, artificial intelligence is coming up in a very great way. And in future, I would say you can name each and everything would be happening through artificial intelligence, whether you're hiring someone, whether you're firing someone on your job. And uh, it can sense, it will be sensing each and everything that the humans have not been able to uh, accomplish in the past years. Yeah, you get this like scorecard for people. I can see how this would also be like an easy way for other countries to implement a kind of social credit system. Like, okay, for example, 10 years from now, AI is super advanced. Uh, it can go back and track everybody's history with their uh, IMSI number and whatever. And then say an American company that's looking to hire people uh, buys user data and social credit scores from a third party company. And that third party company has gotten that data from China because China has been collecting it. And then that somehow filters its way back to an American company, which maybe doesn't even know where that data came from, or at least has plausible deniability. And so now you have this Chinese style social credit system that's been augmented by AI that can then be picked up by American companies to basically implement a type of social credit system. And for the audience, what's important about what Matt said is, is by using, um, you know, the constitution makes it so that the government can't spy on American citizens without uh, a warrant. However, the American government can and currently does buy information from private third parties. So if these, if some third party is getting this from a mass style Chinese surveillance program, right. that would be a way that the US government- US government just buys this data and they see, oh, you know, out of these 300 million citizens, uh, here are 100,000 that are likely based on this AI data to have committed some crime in the last, I think seven years is a statute of limitations, right? So they could just like go back and then do more investigation on these people. And technically, if they bought the data, that's not a violation of the Fourth Amendment. I can see why some politicians are, are very keen to, uh, you know, collaborate and work with China. I mean, I, I think that, that the thing is that like the, the more, the, the more you get into it, like the more people that are compromised by it, the more politicians will side with China on issues, uh, which then just brings in more of being compromised. So it just like increases how much compromat everyone has had collected on them. And then there's like no way out of all this government corruption because everyone has been tracked. I'm just imagining this terrible, terrifying future. You know, even if we go on YouTube and we search, uh, let's say new shoes or new laptop or whatever, and suddenly it starts showing up, each and every ad starts showing up on different, uh, you know, uh, websites. 
because it knows that currently today what you are looking for so let's say it goes a step ahead and then yes absolutely you are right uh, in coming years we could actually see that happening where each and every person is trapped by ai where they know what your net, next step is going to be yeah i mean just for an ordinary person it can be embarrassing too like i don't want everyone to know that i buy shoes at shoegasm <laughs> Absolutely right, because you know, whenever you open your laptop, and uh, let's say somebody is standing by your side and he sees your what what kind of ads uh, your browser is displaying. So if he is smart enough, he can know what you've actually searched for in the past twenty four hours. I guess so the way to explain it to just somebody who doesn't really pay attention, it's like just imagine a world where there is absolutely zero privacy, where just everything you do is out there. That's basically what the world is today, really. But yeah, we, we haven't AI seen develops. the consequences for that yet on yeah. any large scale. Well, we haven't actually, because, you know, as we already discussed, uh, it's, you know, the, the system keeps on running and each and everything seems uh, natural in a particular manner. But only when you know the consequences, one person knows the consequences and possibly, you know, uh, illustrates it to others only then it can become a little, uh, a little bit more, uh, I would say, people will know things only then. So how do we uh, stem the tide of this? Because it already seemed like the Chinese Communist Party, like from what you're saying, it doesn't even necessarily matter that the Indian government ha has banned these apps. If people have downloaded them, that's already most of the, most people in India, most people around the world, they already have their hooks into that is the sole reason, you know, well, that is one of the reasons I would say that uh, China is actually way ahead in technological terms and it is actually matching up to US in terms of uh, technology. And uh, I would say that uh, many of the major superpowers are actually afraid that it will one day it will surpass each and every other superpower in the whole world. And that is why we can see a lot of politics also being involved, like in banning uh, many other applications or uh, companies like Huawei as well. But we should talk about Huawei. I know the Indian uh, government has is not allowing Huawei to be involved in uh, 5G there. Uh, what are, are there different risks associated with Huawei? Well, the thing is that, uh, you know, uh, one thing that each and every country today in the whole world is afraid of is that uh, the Chinese, uh, you know, national intelligence law that came into being in 2017. So that law states that each and every uh, private firm that is there, whether it is Huawei, whether it is ByteDance, whether each and every uh, firm that is there. So they're, you know, they, they must actually help uh, the Chinese government if the Chinese government asks for data that states they, they should help in each and every circumstance. So each and every country is actually afraid. Let us suppose uh, Huawei comes into India or Huawei comes into any other country with their 5G networks and starts stealing uh, mass data, mass telecommunication data. And uh, that has, uh, that'll be a great, uh, you know, economic loss for the country because nowadays what is happening is data is the new oil in today's days. And we cannot afford that, uh, data being, uh, you know, one con one's country's data being uh, actually uh, be seen by the other countries or being used by the other countries. 
Well, I know in India, even though they're they're banning Huawei from the five G, uh, Huawei phones are still available for sale. Well, that is one actually. Uh, you know, they've not banned Huawei yet. In two thousand and nineteen, uh, you know, uh, the Indian government said that okay, Huawei could participate in five G, and then the twenty twenty standoff happened between India and the Chinese soldiers, and then. Uh, currently what happened was that uh, huawei was excluded from the list of 5g probables uh, that was there so yes your point that still huawei phones are still used in india but uh, comparatively now what has happened is that uh, there are there will be very 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 less people who are using these particular phones because now they don't have google support as well uh but in future we could also see that huawei phones being banned by the indian government or uh, you know the other governments as well in the whole world if you had a huawei phone would that be would that be essentially like if you had downloaded tiktok on your phone like they have everything about you no matter what well not exactly actually because uh, i would say there is a difference between how hardware works and how a particular software works so having a particular application that keeps on monitoring to you, monitoring you 24/7 uh hardware has its own complexities uh having said that i would not say that yes it is completely safe uh if i ever have been given an option between any other particular phone or huawei i would definitely exclude huawei from my list but of course huawei to varying degrees is available in almost every country, right? I mean, you know, like India is is sort of unique in terms of keeping Huawei out of the networks. Uh, Huawei phones are only now less than 2% of new phone sales in India. But if you go to like, you know, Nigeria or many African countries, you go to uh, most, you know, Southeast Asian countries, uh, Latin America, like Huawei is everywhere. It's in the phones and it's uh, increasingly in the uh, the cellular networks or internet networks. So this seems crazy, uh, but explain why countries are making this deal to allow Huawei in. Because surely like the intelligence agencies in even smaller countries understand at some level that this is like letting the devil in. Okay. So, well, the thing is that, you know, uh, majority of the countries, uh, as you mentioned, uh, like majority of the developing countries are letting Huawei in and letting their operations uh, run 24-7. The thing is that Huawei is actually, uh, as if we compare Huawei to the other 5G uh network probable companies you'll see that huawei is actually doing all of the work in a fraction of cost what the other you know uh, companies are providing because huawei is quite big and it is a company that can actually uh, afford uh, uh, providing uh, you know 5g services at a fraction of cost what the other uh, possible companies are providing so I think that is one of the main reasons why uh, some of the developing uh, countries are not going for, uh, I would say, uh, more expensive uh, uh, options over there because probably that is one of their disadvantages. And uh, 
strong economies uh, upcoming economies are uh, you know uh, all are in one stand to actually ban huawei and because they know they can actually understand the long term uh, risks associated with that particular thing yeah i guess if you're like you know uruguay or some like you know developing country you just don't have the resources like of course you're going to get the the slightly cheaper thing because you you can't afford anything else right that is one of the main reasons that is there one of the other reasons i also think that you know when the us actually banned uh, huawei so we could actually see each and every us ally uh, doing the same thing you know after us many other countries uh, like uk india all of them uh, getting in line to actually do the same particular thing that was there so yes i would say a little bit of politics is also involved but definitely the major reason over here is a security concern well this is what's scary about the belt and road initiative because th- that's china's trillion dollar multi trillion dollar investment plan around the world and what the chinese communist party is doing is they're basically bringing all of these developing countries into a sphere of influence of the chinese communist party because with the belt and road investment always comes huawei it would obviously also come with all of these chinese apps so basically they are they are just eating up these other countries not just with the investment and the debt that comes with that but also all of their future digital infrastructure will forever be a part of this enormous beast that china has created absolutely right you can you know uh, one such example that is in front of us right now is uh, sri lanka also that was in huge chinese debts and now the country's you know just on uh, it, it, the economy has collapsed they have no way of paying back those huge sums to china as well so yes uh, china has a very smart way of actually uh, you know pressurizing the other small smaller nations that are there and in countries like this when like people start to rebel and the government starts to do an authoritarian crackdown you mean like sri lanka like like sri lanka if uh you know all of the people have huawei phones or have chinese apps that is data that china can easily give to an authoritarian leader to help them crack down on dissent yes that is right and uh, you know as uh, matt also earlier mentioned that uh, majority of the countries are still having huawei with them and that is actually working great for china i i realized something uh as you were as you were talking that like it, it's like basically the chinese communist party is creating a new world order with data like i always thought that this talk of like a new world order and i always think of like you know these billionaire like europeans and americans that they're you know world economic forum like that type of thing the algorithm is already banning us right no but i i know <laughs> and 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 i'm not saying that that that's actually what's happening i'm saying like that's that's the kind of common uh stereotype of a new world order like this new government but actually in a way what the chinese communist party is doing through data collection and data surveillance is a new world order because it is it is setting a new paradigm for how people are tracked throughout their entire lives how information on people is collected and the more information you can get about people the more you can control them and then 
like which and not just control them in the sense of like an authoritarian kind of way but like as we were talking about earlier in the podcast psychological manipulation even like manipulating what kind of products you want to buy there's a whole like with that kind of information and data you can manipulate people and control them in ways that are not necessarily what we consider like you know a 1984 authoritarian style it can be very uh, brave new world kind of like make it can control what you're interested in how you think about topics what kind of products you want to buy well no I, i've always been interested in cute shoes just adding on to your point please please carry on with where you're getting at well no so so i mean i i guess this this is kind of what it's making me think right so again it's a it's a a different type of new world order but one that's actually realistic like it's it's more realistic than a bunch of old billionaire white guy sitting in a room smoking cigars. <laughs> so so is that your own thought or has the AI God manipulated you so you think that? I, I don't think the AI would manipulate me to think that this particular thing is true. That's no. what you think. But it's, is that thought is, even- This is a real mind game. But anyway, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you, you know, uh, share your you thoughts know, think- on that. Probably uh, what you say, uh, the new world order, and uh, probably that is one of the reasons that uh, rest of the world is afraid of. And uh, probably they were more, uh, I would say, comfortable with the you know billionaire white guy sitting in his chair and controlling the world, rather than a particular authoritarian who would actually dictate each and every particular term. And uh, uh, you know there there'll be a, I would say new rules would be coming up in the uh, coming 10 years or 20 years and we would see uh, a completely different form of uh, uh, you know uh, i would say a different form of a development in the it sector where uh, countries like china would uh, definitely you know rule the roost yeah i just imagine like the the current you know onslaught of like Chinese AI bots on like Twitter and Facebook, all just getting more effective at like pushing out messages of like, hey, you know, why doesn't China have the best democracy? Why doesn't China have the best human rights? Just slowly getting people to change how they think about these things and molding people's minds to what the Chinese Communist Party wants. You know, they've been very successful in uh, actually, uh, you know, keeping their people uh, you know, closed from the rest of the world because while we were discussing WeChat at the start of a uh, you know episode, and they are also flagging off some of the messages that uh, come in WeChat, so which they think that uh, you know would be uh, detrimental for uh, their own people's thinking about how the world actually views China. So yes, they are actually controlling. Uh, you know quite a bit of uh, the ai market over here and uh, but the surprising part over here is also that you know uh, that the chinese people uh, living in china are also very aware that yes majority of the companies are actually using their data in a uh, in a very detrimental way and uh, if you look it up there is uh, you know there are, uh, there are there were many people who actually complained about this that uh, majority of the data that was uh, asked by some particular apps had no meaning of actually uh, taking that particular data like let us suppose uh, 
if we are talking about some particular uh, i would say um, uh, particular application related to maps so a particular application related to maps does not need your contacts does not need your webcam does not need any other xyz thing except your location all right so but majority of the permissions you know that they are uh, putting up in that uh, particular application is the way that you see that they are actually uh, asking for a hell lot of more data that then than they need now i know china didn't come up with this technology by themselves a lot of it was well a lot of it was stolen from the west but a lot of it was also created because of collaborations between western companies like Google and Microsoft with you know essentially the Chinese state did they have a sense of what they were building uh, uh well if we you know when these particular i think when when these particular technologies were built uh china actually took it a step further and uh, possibly no one actually even thought that uh uh this particular thing could actually end up like the way it is uh, right now so nobody actually thought it will go that much further and uh, it would put the rest of the world in a such an awkward position where data is being stolen and data is being used by the other countries for their own benefits do you think uh, like these western tech companies that help build these systems for the chinese communist party do you think they will what do you think is more likely that they will have to start trying to figure out a way to combat the chinese system or will they just get swallowed up by the chinese system themselves uh i think currently you know china is moving at a very very great pace and uh, it will be very difficult to actually uh, ignore china keeping in mind the resources they have keeping in mind the technology they have i think uh, by x y or z means they had they'll have to adapt or they'll have to adopt some of uh, you know the innovations that are being made by chinese today so even if the rest of the world starts to create bans on uh, a lot of these chinese apps i'm sure that won't stop the chinese communist party's ambitions if they no, you know, do like like you said if if we ban huawei today probably there'll be some other company tomorrow and probably if you ban some other company then there'll be another company day after tomorrow so uh, you know huawei has had a very you know skyrocket approach they've uh, grown multiple times in in the last uh, in the last decade or so so if if it is not huawei it'll be some other company as well it's like hydra uh but like okay so I, I what this kind of reminded me of is is uh earlier this year after russia invaded ukraine the the biden administration put a bunch of sanctions on russia right and so you know uh, like oil and gas in europe did a lot of these sanctions and it's like okay these are really punishing for us too but at least we're blocking stuff from from, from russia but then like US the US is still despite these sanctions they make an exception for certain things that the US still really needs like russian uranium and it's like like you, 
once you let like a little bit of stuff in, like a little bit of exceptions, especially when it comes to data, like you can make your entire network vulnerable because of one little exception. That is exactly uh, what is there. As you discussed this war, you know, uh, when US banned the all imports and you could actually see that from India, Reliance is uh, still buying uh, oil from Russia and then giving it to the other countries as well. So it'll always be an exception. China is so big and it's very hard to ignore, I would say, or even impossible to ignore. Well, especially with the Belt and Road, uh, you know, a bunch of countries around the world need this kind of infrastructure. They need 5G, they need mobile networks. And if China is always providing a cheaper alternative, uh, they will always fall under Chinese influence, no matter what the West bans. Exactly. You know, if people in US or administration in US would not be just, uh, I would say, just, you know, preoccupied with the US territory, they'll be moving across to other nations where, you know, the other nations are will be completely occupied by China in terms of technology as well. So you cannot uh, completely ignore that particular fact. Yes. Well, so India is, you know, the largest democracy in Asia. It has its second most populous country. What unique things can India do to counter the Chinese Communist Party that like the United States might not be able to? Well, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, uh, both the countries, India and China, actually uh, have in common is uh, that both are, uh, you know, both have excessive raw materials. Um, I would say labor that costs quite less. So to hit the country, to hit China in a uh, in a manner where, uh, you know, they uh, actually bleed a lot of cash is to actually have companies, bigger multinational companies in Silicon Valley set up their operations in India, which will uh, definitely uh, shift, uh, you know, a great power trend in uh, the coming years. I think that's an, a really interesting point. It goes back to, you know, what you said about earlier about banning these apps, that that was a huge economic hit when suddenly India banned all of these different apps. And if like India and maybe Taiwan too, since they make the, the best semiconductors, that they became truly global international economic powerhouses, that would be a, a devastating blow to the Chinese Communist Party. If you cut out their money, everything else collapses. All right. That is one particular step we, you know, uh, let's see if that particular thing happens or not. Because uh, as it sounds so simple being said, it is, you know, it has a lot of uh, economic repercussions for the bigger companies as well. So let's wait and watch what happens. Yeah. What do you think are some of the barriers to that, uh, you know, greater focus on India and Taiwan? Some of the greater barriers is that, you know, uh, China will still be a lot more economical than what India is. Even if India has second most largest population in the whole, you know, whole world, it does not matter about that particular fact. Now, if I'll just tell you a simple example, you know, if I, uh, I'll take an example of a simple company over here that if I order some, uh, I would say, 
bolts a company that is producing screws and nuts and bolts if i produce a large order of it probably indian company would take 6 months to deliver that particular thing whereas china would deliver it in a week and at a fraction of a cost as well so majority of the indian companies are also getting uh, their uh, raw materials from china relabeling them and uh, you know selling it uh, again in india and abroad as well so these kind of things will always be there and a businessman will always see profits rather than i would say what happens you know he'll be less uh, i would say occupied by who is stealing my data or not is that also just because china has built up its infrastructure roads and rails and and shipping ports to the degree that it just facilitates much faster trade uh or is there something else going on well as i said you know that is also one of the reasons that yes it can facilitate trade in a uh, i would say in a faster manner but the thing is that each and everything that uh, you know in the whole world whenever we are talking about any particular business we'll see that companies would always you know have their operations in china because it is proving them you know uh, a lot beneficial in a very very less economical way and the production in uh, they are able to produce is a lot lot higher in a very less time that is one of the reasons yeah i mean there's there's a lot of advantages to you think maybe india should adopt the policies of like slave labor and no environmental standards maybe that would help uh well i don't think so that you know uh, this would be uh, very helpful uh, in india that providing slave labor or something like that this is the, uh, just to be clear i was of- joking i think it didn't come across <laughs> yeah that was well, i miss shelly yeah no shelly shelly was was going to be here but she she couldn't make it today she usually she usually will give me a look when i'm making a, a horrible <laughs> joke uh but in this case there there was no one to do that and fortunately so, the maybe someday the ai can predict when you're going to make a horrible joke and just like give you a little shock ahead of time Well, that would be great. It'd be like pre pre crime, but for my bad jokes. For bad jokes, I support this technology. Uh, well, yes, you support it now until you see it applied to you. I don't have bad jokes. Well, that's what you think now. See this, and, and this kind of speaks to the heart of this whole thing, which is it doesn't affect me now. I just you know need this for this one purpose, for example, to shock Matt so he stops making bad jokes. But ultimately. it's going to affect you it's going to affect shelly it's going to affect you it's going to affect everyone and we're all going to get shocked before making bad jokes and i accept that if it stops you okay well that's that's a deal with the devil <laughs> um but anyway i i think my my point uh was that you know it's very hard for india to compete with slave labor and uh you know cheap electricity that comes at the expense of the environment because like you just if india wants to be true to its principles you just can't do that sort of thing to people that was actually a good point you should have phrased it like that from the first <laughs> india is not a i would say it is not an authoritarian type of it does not have an authoritarian type of government so that speaks a lot about its you know culture and the it's a true democracy so do you think it's a weakness like is democracy weaker than its chinese style authoritarianism 
no it is not a weakness actually no it is it is not a weakness i think uh, democracy is a beautiful thing you know where uh, you have so many uh, religions you so many cultures and all of them are living under uh, under one one umbrella so i think uh, it is a very positive thing actually if you know we cannot just uh, relate to one particular thing that in certain stance that we cannot surpass a particular country then democracy is a weakness i i don't think uh, that point should be taken into account now is there something that um individuals can do people watching this are are bound to be as terrified as i have been for the last hour um what can an individual living in india or in the united states or europe do now that they realize that these apps these chinese apps are tracking everyone but even after you delete the apps you know they're tracking you know governments and private corporations are are you know buying up this data like what what can individuals do to free themselves from this now before governments get off their butts and take action well i think uh, you know the only way is that possibly the, the government should also step in and uh, try to actually uh, you know teach its uh, country about which particular things are uh, actually good and which particular things are harmful they should actually uh, you know tell that what is going on with this particular application and uh, because the thing is that people listen uh, always listen to i would say where uh, listen to a particular perception where they say okay i'm losing at this particular part so people should get educated and the only way they'll be getting educated is with the help of the government and you know not by the likes of any particular individual the government needs to step in government needs to add this particular thing as a subject in the curriculum so i think many of the uh, people would get educated at an early front you know at an early age that will help a lot i mean that that sounds good but my experience living in the united states of america over the last 5 years is that half the country does not listen to the government at any particular time yes you're right what i mean to say is that you know when the government steps in and uh, puts this particular thing as a curriculum in uh, you know your uh, education so when is that is when the students or when the young younger generation is going to schools or younger generation is going to universities they would learn it over there so you know they'll think twice before actually installing one of these particular apps when they know that their data their pictures their messages are getting stolen so i think you know it'll help a lot i don't say that it'll uh, completely eradicate the problem but yes it'll definitely help a lot well i guess in the near term what people can do is share this interview with uh, their friends and family that's the fastest way to get people educated about what's going on thank you Thanks. very much for joining us today this was uh, one of the more horrifying podcasts we've done oh yeah no i'm i'm living in fear now So it was a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much Chris. Thank you so much Matt. Thanks. Thanks Definitely. for that. You know, really like listening to that podcast, like I'm reminded of like all the old sci-fi stories from like the 50s and 60s about, 
you know, a computer god ruling a civilization. It really doesn't seem so far-fetched anymore. I know. I, I kind of almost want to now write like a sci-fi book or movie script about what the future is going to be like when China's, the Chinese Communist Party's new world order with respect to data is basically taken over our lives. And like, you'll have like, like the group of resistance will be the people who use flip phones. I mean, uh, we got to be Luddites. They had the right idea, smash every piece of technology. Every piece of technology? Yeah. But having my iPhone is so convenient, Chris. Can we, oh, can well, we not just that. Keep, keep the one thing? We keep the iPhones and the cameras and the mics and the head. That's true. We'll definitely need all of this. Yeah. I mean, look, if we're going to be Cassandra screaming into the void, we at least need our YouTube channel to scream into the void through. Yeah. So considering doing these shows, we have absolutely no free time. How are you going to write that sci-fi story and movie? Oh, yeah. No, I, I don't think I am. Um, Much better just to watch the podcast, yes, share it with your friends yes, and family. Exactly. And in particular, we also have China Uncensored, our main show, on a specific Hindi channel as well. You know, get to the Indian audience. And so it offers Hindi translations with voiceovers for our episodes. We'll put the link to that below. Uh, this podcast should also be on that uh, channel as well. So definitely check it out. Once again, I am Chris Chappell. And I'm Matt Ganesta. And Shelly sends her love. See you next time.